So this morning, I'm going to be preaching on Jesus, healer, deliverer. Now, I was supposed to be doing that last week, but the irony is, I was still in the conversation COVID. The irony has not been lost on me. And, um, God has perfect timing, just sometimes he doesn't tell us about it first. <laughs> Says a prophet, absolutely. <laughs> and also, I, when I was given this title, my immediate thought, of, I thought I knew what this sermon was going to be. I thought I would look at the life of Jesus, look at some of his healing miracles and some of his deliverance, uh, build faith in the church, and then we'd have the ministry t- t- team pray for healing. God took me on a very different journey to that. What I believe he wants to do this morning is I believe he wants to release gifts of healing among several people. Now, I believe there's around about a dozen people. I haven't got a precise figure, but there's several people here who God wants to, to launch you into an anointing to pray for the sick and for healing. Right? And so, I want, as I'm speaking, I want you to have faith rise in your heart. And if that's you, we're going to be praying for you, and we're going to be anointing you later on. As a practical thing, one way that God sometimes indicates that that's you, and it's not exclusive in any way, is by getting tinglings in your hands or your fingers. And so if you, as I'm talking, start to get tinglings in your hands or your fingers, I'm going to be expecting you to come out at the end. We're also going to be praying for people to be healed. And so if you move in words of knowledge, or you want to move in words of knowledge, I'd ask you to be seeking God for that. Because that's where we're going at the end. Right, so hopefully, with faith, I can click this. <laughs> so, this is Jesus' mission. His mission statement, right at the beginning of his ministry, he took the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, and he said, that The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty all those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. In that mission statement, there are many elements, but there are two that we're focusing on today. We have recovery of sight for the blind. By proxy, we're going to take that to be all healing ministry. And setting at liberty those who are oppressed. So that is about deliverance. And and a little bit of a help, as we go through the slides, if it's in orange, it's about healing, and if it's in yellow, it's about deliverance. <laughs> so I want to make it also clear that um, according to my reading of the Bible, Christians cannot be possessed by the devil because we are Christ's possession, we are bought with a price. However, we can be oppressed 
we can be troubled, we can be hassled, and we can be irritated by demonic forces, and that is just as important so that we deliver people from that as from anything else. Okay, so that was what Jesus said. This is the middle part of Luke, chapter 4. What has happened by the end of the chapter? Well, he's cast out a demon from a man in the synagogue at Capernaum. He then goes over to Simon's house. Simon's mother-in-law is sick with a high fever. He heals her. Then people start bringing to Jesus all who were sick with various kinds of diseases, and he heals all of them. And also, demons come out of many, crying, you are the Son of God. When God calls us to things, it's not just as a nice little badge that we can sew on like a scout or a guide, but it's about action and it's about doing things. Not long after, Jesus sends out the disciples, called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority over all demons to cure diseases. He sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. Then, a little bit later in the chapter, they departed through the villages, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. This is again a call of God. There's many different aspects to it. We're focusing on these two, and they go and they do it. So, what is our mission? This is the Great Commission from the very end of Mark's Gospel. Go into all the world. Proclaim the Gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptised will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up serpents with their hands, if they drink any poison it will not hurt them, and they will lay their hands on the sick they will recover. This is what Jesus has called us to do. There are some bits of that that we find easier than others. So this is what Bill Johnson says about that. It's too easy to reduce Jesus' teaching to what is humanly possible. While we love to feed the poor, clothe the naked, and visit those in need, and that's very important, there's such acts of kindness, the central expressions of the Christian life. We are refusing to let them satisfy the internal drive for effective service. Jesus specifically used the term good works to describe the miracles, signs and wonders he performed. Jesus modelled those works for us. He didn't design a new hearing aid or train a guide dog, he healed the deaf and the blind. I love that statement. So why do we find it difficult? Part of it, for most of us here, not everybody, we come from a Western rational culture. The origins of that is in the 17th century, the Enlightenment, where the questions that people started asking were all about the the how and the where, and they stopped asking about the who and the why. This is our culture, this has caused the scientific age, which is a great advantage for us, but it is a culture that we live in, those of us from 
Europe, America, uh, and that's primarily is this Western culture that we have. And we love to understand things, we love to be rational about things, and we find it very difficult when the things that we cannot understand and which go against what we perceive to be the way the world should work. As I was reading this, there was an account of um, one of the ministry schools uh, and where they have people from all over the world. And they asked them the following question. They, well, they, it's two statements and then a question. The first statement was, cotton grows in hot countries. England has a cool, is a cool country. Does cotton grow in England? No. And all the people from Western, from America and from Europe, they said, no, because it needs a hot climate, this is a cool climate. This was a logical answer. All the people from Asia and Africa said, I don't know, I've never been to England. <laughs> they came at this in a different way. When I was in India, visiting Finney, he asked me and some other people to, to do some teaching for some of their rural pastors. And he wanted to give us a little background. He said, well, these rural pastors, they're not very educated. They have no problem with, with, with seeing the sick healed and seeing miracles. They just lack a bit of basic Bible teaching. <laughs> I said, well, I know plenty of people back home who are the other way around. <laughs> we live in a culture that actually is a hindrance to us when we come to healing and reverence. I remember the first time that I saw a leg grow. This was back in the 80s. This was the ministry of Ian Andrews, who had a big healing ministry. He was giving a seminar. There was only about a dozen of us there. And he was said, I'm going to pray for this leg, and it's going to grow. Gather round and watch. And I saw this leg grow. My eye said, that's growing. My brain was saying, that's not possible. I had an internal war, and I had to make sure that I actually responded with faith and not with logic and reason. So we are so... Uh, so we need to get out of that culture. God can redeem us from that culture, but we have to recognise that that is an issue for us as Western Christians. And of course, praise God that not everybody here is from that culture, and we want to learn from the faith that you bring from the Amen. Amen. Second thing is our church culture. The main opposition to Jesus' healing came from the Pharisees, who were the main religious leaders of the day. And there are various prominent healing ministries that have happened over recent years, and they, the main opposition has not come from people in the world, the main opposition has come from the church. And we just need to make sure that we um, are not part of that. Here's a helpful comment from Mark Dupont, who's my friend of this church. He says, Evangelical Protestant Christianity has been a major focus on systematic theology now for several generations of the church. Whilst providing us with a rich heritage of theological understanding, such an approach 
can lead to an unspoken danger in the church, as believers relate almost exclusively to God through their intellects. The result could be the loss of the sense of awe towards God. When a Christian, especially a church leader, leans exclusively on his or her head knowledge rather than heart knowledge of God, the result will invariably be a pharisaical spirit. Now that is not to say I am anti-theology. It's not to say we shouldn't have good theology. But if our theology becomes the beginning and the end of our relationship with God, then it becomes a problem. We need to have encounter with the person of God. In my job, I have a lot of job interviews to conduct. But over the last, I was counting up the other day, over the last uh, three years, I have appointed 48 people. So there's a lot of job interviews. What happens as a result, when we have an interview, somebody submits an application. And we have many of these, hundreds of these for each job. And we read through these CVs and applications. And I get a very good impression of what that person is like from reading their CV. We can read the Bible in the same way and get a very good impression of what God is like. But when they come for interview, I need to interact with them as a person. If the committee, if they walked in and then the committee just started discussing the CV amongst themselves and arguing about different points and never interacting with the candidate, that would be odd. It would be weird. If we just interact with God through reading the Bible but not encountering him personally, we are missing out. Right, we're going to have a digression now about um, the theological positions that can hinder us. And this is, I'm taking this from, from Mark Stibbe's account. He, basically, he tells us that there are basically three different uh, theological positions on that. First of all, there is a liberal position, which is totally rooted in this uh, Western rational culture, that says healings are not possible, therefore healings don't happen in the Bible, and healings don't happen there. There is a second position, which is called cessationist, which says that healing happened in the Bible, but healing doesn't happen now. It ceased, that's why it's called cessationist. And that is a very prominent position in the church. It's a very prominent position, particularly in America, where the charismatic renewal didn't actually take root as much as it did in this country. And you can find all sorts of things on the internet about, uh, written by people from this position, where they, I think I've even gone to our next slide, never mind, um, let's, let's go to the next slide, um, where people believe that any manifestation of God cannot be God because they, they, they cessation, come from a cessationist position and they believe that it must either be flawed or it must be a manifestation of the devil. Jesus had exactly the same problem with the Pharisees. They said, you are, must be casting out demons by the prince of, of, of Beelzebub. And he said, no, a kingdom divided against its stand. Now, this particular attack I quoted from Bill Johnson earlier on, he uh, and Bethel Church, as well as Hillsong Church, they are particularly targeted at the moment 
by people from this position, and we've even had people leave this church because we sing Hillsong songs. And I want to, I want to come that head on. This is a manifestation of cessationist theology that is saying that, that, that God cannot do it now. If you believe that God can't move, that anything supernatural cannot be God, then you are forced into a position that it has to be a fraud of the devil. However, if you believe, like I believe, that it could be God, then you come to a very different conclusion. Um, so I just wanted to, this is a slight digression, but it's, it's, it's important because we're going to be moving into supernatural things by the end of this meeting. And I want to actually nail that uh, in case anybody has any issues with it. So among my reading, I definitely wanted to, to include something from Trevor Deering. He is the only person who I've met who I know has raised the dead. I was at a seminar of his, he was talking about healing, and somebody asked him about raising the dead, he said, I've done it three times. Wow. And this is what he says about healing. The source of Jesus' healing power was his deep, personal relationship with his father. Those who saw his ministry were healed not because he applied the right techniques, but because they came into real, personal contact with him, the Son of God. Only then did the supernatural power of God reach them through the words and actions of the Messiah, the Anointed One. Divine healing today, likewise, always involves an encounter with God, with Jesus. That's why it doesn't sound like I've mentioned Jesus very much in this sermon. It's Jesus who does it. This is where we're coming to. Uh, I haven't mentioned very much about deliverance. I've mainly focused on healing. <clears throat> but uh, this, is, uh, this is from Jordan Sen's book. And I would strongly recommend this book. Uh, it's called, it's subtitled, it's called Miracle Work. The subtitle is A Down-to-Earth Guide to Supernatural Ministry. And it is one of the most rooted and grounded down-to-earth teaching that I have come across. But it also, every other chapter, is a stories of what God has done through him. Mm. Or, or that he has seen him doing through others. So, happily, the power to cast out demons is basically the same as the power to heal the sick. Woo. As we develop in powerful one, we're helping ourselves with the other. If you bump into a demon when trying to heal someone, the magnitude of your task hasn't changed all that much. You will, you will have to handle the demon, but that's not necessarily any more challenging than curing the disease. It's a wonderful, it takes out all of the mystique. There can be people who are very fearful about the demonic. There can be a belief that that in some sense the demonic and God are on a level playing field. In fact, we've been told that Satan has been put under our feet. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world, and we have been given authority, as we saw earlier, to cast out demons where relevant. So we're coming into land here. 
We were talking earlier, we thought we had a, a tongue and an interpretation. Here's, this is the, the list of the, of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, or one of the lists from 1 Corinthians. We all know this very well because we're a charismatic church, but let's just refresh ourselves. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. We've just seen evidence of the last two. Some of the things on this list we're much more comfortable with than others. They are all of equal importance, and Jesus wants us to move into all of them. Mm-hmm. Now you, I'm looking at every one of you, now you are the body of Christ. Individually, members of it. God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. God has appointed each of us. And as I said earlier, I believe that God is appointing today people with the anointing to move in the gift of healing. And I'm going to ask you in a moment to to come and to respond to that. It's, it's, uh, I'm going to ask you to come out of your comfort zone. But because I'm asking you to come out of your comfort zone, I'm going to come out of my comfort zone first. Richard, can you stand up, please? And Alan and Andrew, can you go and stand with Richard? This is a word that God gave me for you, Richard, back at the end of last year. And he has so far not let me give it to you. But yesterday morning he said that he was he told me that now is the time. When I was praying for you for your eyes, I saw what I can only describe as a wicked, see no evil monkey sitting on your shoulders with his hands over your eyes. Remember the so-called three wise monkeys, the hear no evil, see no evil, think no evil. And I, I saw this monkey, it's a demonic monkey, sitting on your shoulders with, your ha- with his hands over your eyes. And I believe that what has happened is you said, I hate to see the evil in the world. And this demonic force put his hand over your eyes to say, to say, okay, we're not going to see it. What we're going to do in a moment is I'm going to ask Alan to put his hands on your eyes to, to cast out this troubling evil spirit. I've also asked Andrew to come. I know that Andrew is carrying a gift of healing for you. And he was actually, when God told me about this, Andrew was the one who I was told uh, to, to, to involve in prayer for you. 
And what we're, I'm going to do is I'm going to pray that this, this troubling, evil spirit will, will, will no longer afflict you. And we're going to pray that God will release you. And I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that the one who is faithful has called me to do this, so I'm stepping out in obedience. Okay, so Alan, can you just... So, in the name of Jesus, you, eve, you wicked, see no evil monkey from the devil, I, I rebuke you, and I say, go, in the name of Jesus. And, and I, I pray, Holy Spirit, come now and fill Richard. And Richard, I believe that the, the testimony of your mouth is key, crucial in this. There are scriptures that talk about seeing God, and I, I think you should be confessing those. The two that I have, there are many more, but the two that I have are from Job, where it says, I know that my Redeemer lives, and I will see him on the earth, I myself and not another. And from the Psalms, I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. So while those three are praying for, for uh, Richard, if you believe that God is, is calling you for a gift of healing, if you've had tingling in your fingers or your palms, if you have a rise of faith, I'd like you to come and to stand down on this side as, as Ali claims. I believe there's round about a dozen people, and thank you. Sophie for being the first one to come. Glory. Glory. Only a little faith is more than I expected. That's my Thank you, Jesus. I'd like you to, to hold out your hands as if you're going to receive a gift from Jesus. Holy Spirit, I ask you, come among my brothers and sisters here now. I ask for a gift of healing for every one of them. Holy Spirit, come. You're called and you're anointed. And I just pray right now, you would come and that you would touch each of them. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Jesus.
give us the opportunity. So I'm going to be asking the people who are, who need healing to go and to be prayed for by my brothers and sisters down here. Now, anybody who has anything wrong with you, that's an open call. But sometimes it's easier if we have words of knowledge. That's another one of those from that list. 1 Corinthians, and specifically the words of knowledge for healing. Last week we had two of those words of knowledge. Uh, we had Sam come with, with, a, with shooting pains in his hands, and that was that was for Helen. She was prayed for. Now, sometimes that's the way that God will, will, will speak to you. That's how often it happens to me. So, way back in the 1990s, in the refreshing, that's how it started with me. There was, this was a time where God was moving powerfully across the church, and people would be receiving ministry. I was receiving ministry, and I had this amazing, horrible pain I suddenly came. I said to God, why suddenly am I supposed to be receiving from you? Why have I suddenly got this pain? And then I realized that it was a word of knowledge, so I shared that. There was a, a young girl, it was her first time in that church, who had irritable bowel syndrome. She had had particularly bad flare-up the night before, and she said, God, I want somebody to... to um, to say something in church on Sunday. So sometimes it can be. So if you discover that there is a pain in your body that you know is not yours, it's not something, not something a regular one that you would have, that could be a sign. And that's what happened with Sam last week with his word of knowledge. Second one, Kirsty had a, a word about a right knee. Talking with Kirsty, she hears words. She heard right knee. There's a right knee. Somebody's got a problem with their right knee. There's a word. Other people I know, they will see a picture. So it could be like a body with, with like a medical diagram with a picture of the liver or the heart or the lungs. Different people receive words of knowledge in different ways. God isn't constrained to any particular method. So, Lord Jesus, I pray that you will be pouring out words of knowledge and healing right now across the congregation. And if you have such a word of knowledge, could you come down to the middle at the front, please? In faith, I believe that God has given words to these people, and in faith, we believe that that's because he wants to heal whatever is wrong. So, um, I saw earlier quite clearly um, 
before we start talking about healing. Um, I saw someone with, uh, it's like pain behind the eyes, um, and I saw this motion repeatedly. Um, and I wonder if it's like uh, looking at a screen or something to do with your eyes is causing significant pain. Um, and the second thing that I know Jesus wants to move upon today is like anxiety-related stomach issues. Um, so I don't know if that's ulcers, but what I saw was like a churning within the stomach. Um, so they're the two things I believe Jesus. Um, I had a word come to mind last night in prayer and worship. Um, I think it's for someone here. You may have been in the worship you have been. But I had a word about a shattered kneecap. I don't know if you did that two weeks ago or ten years ago, but it causes you discomfort now. I think it might be the left kneecap as well. Um, so that's you. Lots of great people. It's also for healing and such, but for deliverance. So first of all, I'll just tell you a little story. Um, once upon a time, there was a little girl who had a pet that she loved very much, and it kept going out and getting hurt. So she put it in a box, very safe, a very safe little box, lovely lined with lovely soft material. And then she went back and looked at it to see how wonderful it was and safe, and it was dead. We shouldn't put any air holes in. Um, and then I got a picture of um, open heart massage, which fortunately isn't very clear. <laughs> um, and God is saying that somebody here has done that to themselves. They've been afflicted with a spirit of safety. They've been hurt in their heart so many times before, but they've locked their heart away and they've tried to keep it really safe. And God said, you're basically stopping your heart. You're stopping it. You don't want to get hurt, so you're not doing anything with it. You're not loving. You're not using it. Um, and Unfortunately, now we've got to the stage where you're going to need that open heart surgery. You're going to need your ribs cracking open. It's going to hurt. It's not going to be easy. But you really need to. Otherwise, you're going to die. You're going to die spiritually. If you can't love, you can't receive God's love. And you really, really need to do that today. Yeah. Um, the Lord took me to uh, one of Jesus' parables of the woman who lost the coin and she was sweeping the floor. I can't find it. I can't find it. Where is it? And I felt that the Lord saying, um, there's somebody here who has lost something. Maybe it's a relationship. Uh, maybe it's something else. And you're locked into regret and grief, really, about this. And the Lord wants to lift that from you now. Um, yeah, it's just uh, a, a little word on um, migraines, especially towards the front, uh, behind the eyes. So I wonder if the I mentioned the eyes earlier, it might be late, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, somebody who gets regular kind of, semi-regular kind of migraines, um, especially pain behind the eyes area. And that one just came out. I think there's people with long-term respiratory issues, and I think there's a grace of healing for that this morning. So if you respond to any of those words, or anything else, that you need healing, I'd like to invite you to come down. So I will like to just say to you, Mark Marks, who, who runs Healing on the Street, his phrase is, pray your best prayer and leave it to Jesus. <laughs> it isn't a technique. Pray your best prayer. 
in a book by Jordan Say, I mentioned before. He says, here's the formula for seeing healing. First, locate sick person. Second, say, say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. It can be more complicated than that, but it doesn't need to be. So, so the people here, so can we, I'm not sure how we're logistically going to do this, but um, if you go, you people wanting prayer, come down and um, continue. Thank you.